So, um, I have a, I'm going to call it a confession, but it's not really a confession because it's like kind of a good thing. Okay. But it, it feels weird to me because it's something that like, anyway, I, I've been working out. Okay. Like the last few days. And that's a weird thing for me because I always kind of like the whole like gym and workout culture is something that I, let's say I struggle with it. Sure. Um, you know, I always look at that and I kind of like sneer at it a little bit and I'm like, I'm comfortable with my body. Yeah. Yeah. But I had a couple of days last week where I was just laying around feeling like garbage. And I know part of that is because I've been working a ton, but part of it also is because I've been eating like garbage. Uh, okay. And I'm just like staring down at my belly <laughs> and like feeling just kind of sick and sluggish. And I'm like, yeah, I should do something about that. <laughs> it's, just, it's just at the moment of like, all right, enough is enough. Like I'm all I'm all for like being aloof about it. But, you know, it's it's too much. I got to <laughs> I got to do a thing. Sure, so I, I downloaded can, I can an right. app and the app was basically like, hey, we're going to give you a 28 day, you know, like workout challenge where you do like 10, 15 minutes of exercises a day. And it's all stuff you can do at home without equipment. And it targets different muscle groups and they're all just basic ex exercises, but it gets you doing something. Yeah. And then I open it up and it's like it's all push ups. <laughs> it's it's not really. But it like I today it was like. Do some push-ups, do some, do some side, like some push-ups where you like stretch up to, to the side on like one hand, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, do some staggered push-ups, do some, do some decline push-ups, do some incline push-ups. You should try push-ups. Like yesterday, it was totally different. It was all just like arm raises and stuff like that. And the day before that, it was all like sit-ups and core stuff. So like I'm. I'm like four days into it and everything above the waist hurts. <laughs> and the only reason it's above the waist is because they haven't given me a leg day yet. But I'm just yeah. waiting for the day where it's like time for 40 squats. <laughs> yeah, it's probably tomorrow. It's probably tomorrow. I feel like it's I feel like it's coming. But anyway, that's like that's the most it's not like the most notable thing that happened this week for me. But it's the thing that hurts right now. So it's the thing that I thought to talk about first. It's on your mind. Yeah. It's also on my ribs. It's also on. Yeah, it's on your body. Yep. It's cool. You know, I was going to start with a, a a confession as well. More of an apology in some ways. Okay. Because last week I, I ragged on Sonic as I'm, you know, want to do. Yeah, sure. And um, it's not entirely fair because... I was I was looking through, I don't know, I think maybe it was Twitter, and they had a uh, a Hallmark thing where it was like, hey, you can buy a Sega Genesis ornament, and when you press the okay. button, it plays like the music from, it's like a Sega Genesis, and it plays the the opening to Sonic, you know, Green Hill Zone and everything. Yeah. And I'm listening to it, I'm like, man, that, that's, that's such a good song. I could play some Sonic, and then I was like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> it's like you got me. You got me, Sonic. I I I have so much nostalgia for Sonic, which is weird to say for a game that I, I actively kind of dislike, but I also really 
I don't know. I heard the music. I was like, oh, yeah, because the Genesis was the first console that was mine. My, my yeah, mom yeah, and dad had that's NES strong. And, yeah, and then I ended up getting, I got a Super Nintendo at my dad's house, but my mom gave me a Genesis when, when it, um, around when it came out, and I, and that was it. That was like my yeah, console. Yeah, you, you attached. Yeah. And, and so it was weird. I ended up enjoying the Super Nintendo way more as time went on, but originally it was a Genesis and it was, I was like all about Sonic and all that stuff. And so it was, it was, it was, it was seeing the ornament somehow brought up all of those memories and then hearing the music as like, you're looking at this miniaturized version of it hanging from a Christmas tree. I was like, yeah, Sonic, that's pretty cool. Maybe I should get the Sonic collection. And I was just like, no, no. I just talked about how Sonic pisses me off. Just buy the ornament and be done with it. I asked for it for Christmas. <laughs> or I that's, will ask for it for Christmas. That's always such a weird thing for me. <laughs> Getting a Christmas ornament for Christmas. <laughs> you can use it next year, okay? You can use it next year. Like, Actually, please enjoy few- this gift. It will be useless to you for the next 11 months. We So... We typically leave Christmas up for, you know, almost at least a few weeks after Christmas. So yeah, that's fair. And I have, I'm looking at two uh, Mario Kart ornaments that are technically ornaments, but they look good just on a shelf. So mm-hmm. they're just shelf figures at the moment, but they're technically ornaments. So theoretically, the Genesis could sit someplace <laughs> and just be there. It right. doesn't have to be an ornament just because it's sold to you as one. Right, right. But no, I, uh, that, I, I know exactly what you're saying where you're like, oh, cool. Thanks for next year's gift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's always been weird to me. I mean, it, if, I'm, if I'm being completely fair about it, I have to also admit that I've never really been super big on actual, like, decorating for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Or celebrating it in general. Sure. So, like, a lot of that, I think, comes from just personal bias. Yeah, I mean, our, our decorating for Christmas takes about 15 minutes. Yeah, you know, I, like I tend to prefer and... really minimalist uh, decorations. Just a little, you know, have a nice little appropriately sized tree and, you know, a couple of lights maybe on a couple of windows or something. Just Yeah, we, we actually have enough. the lights up. We have Halloween lights up that sort of work for Christmas time because of the coloring. And then nice. we just leave those up. <laughs> that's actually that's actually a smart way to do it. I like that. <laughs> and it's it's in juxtaposition to my mom's house. Like, so I help her set up for Christmas. But that's like a weekend. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is there's a lot of Christmas to set up. Yeah. There. So it's it's nice to here it's like yeah cool let's 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 take out the one box of christmas stuff we have and then we're good yeah i feel like i i feel like with like a lot of people's parents that is like build up sure right it's like never always get new christmas decorations never get rid of old christmas decorations so that so it just has to scale up a little bit every year yeah yeah well and depending on how much somebody likes christmas or not makes a big difference too that's true too like if you just want to be surrounded by it everywhere you go yeah which i used to have a problem with and now it's like you know what like what you like yeah it's that's how i feel people people just should have fun with what they find fun oh <laughs> man oh this is great what what i was just scrolling through my email and by my email, I mean the retro breakdown at gmail.com. Oh, wait. 
what what is that for? That's for when people send in questions that they want us to answer on the podcast. Oh, and cool. normally I would do this way later in the podcast, <laughs> but it's pertinent not to Christmas, but to <laughs> Swoggles, who cue the music, says, what do you think is the best 3D Sonic game? Oh, wow. Uh... <laughs> I'll let that linger for a second. I just, you were talking about Sonic and I was just like, hmm, which, what's the, today's question? Let me get it ready for later. And then I was like, wait, nope, segue. <laughs> what? I don't, I think the only one I've honestly played more than a few minutes of is, is, uh, well, Sonic 06 doesn't count because that was just a joke, but, uh, Sonic Can Adventure. I? Yeah. I well, never we... played Adventure. I don't know that I have actually been hands-on with a three with a 3D Sonic game. I stopped really? abruptly because that's not entirely accurate. And I have an interesting story to share, actually. Okay. I have played Sonic 06. Yes. How much of it? The demo. Now, did you play it thinking it was going to be bad or were you excited to play it? I thought it was good. And really? here's why. Because the demo was part of a different build of the game that was actually considered to be significantly better than what came out as the finished product. Whoa, that's wild. I think I remember reading about this and I, I, I'm like 99% sure it was the Xbox 360 demo. Yeah. And I played it and it's one of the first areas and it was like actually pretty solid. And I was like, oh, this is kind of impressive, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, were, you weren't expecting it to be much and then it was like, hey, this is fun. Yeah, it actually it's like one of those actual straightforward running stages okay. that um, yeah, you get that, that actually feels like Sonic. Yeah, yeah, you get the, you. <laughs> it feels like Sonic when Sonic is not actively trolling you. Yes. And it skips all of the bizarre open world like like open world city stuff. Yeah. So it Man. just it just dumps you into a level that feels really good. And there are um, that was a weird era where like every game had to have a demo. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of games. Definitely, I mean, I feel like it it, hap it went away for a while and now it's kind of back again. It, yeah. Demos like in general, you had demo discs and then those went away and then there were like downloadable demos and those were all those were a big thing. And then those went away. You had store demos at first. I yeah. remember, do you remember going to like a store kiosk? Oh, absolutely. And there was like 10 games on there that you could try out? Absolutely, because most of those, that was the only way I played those games. <laughs> Is by I like I specifically remember it was the Target at the Grand Traverse Mall. Yeah. It sure. had a kiosk. And it was a it was a Super Nintendo for a while, and then it was a Nintendo 64. Yeah. And my parents would be shopping and I would stand there in front of that and just play at that kiosk for like a half hour until they were done. It was awesome. <laughs> I remember, I, yeah, I remember playing it, too. And honestly, I I remember most of the time the, the controller being all right, considering the fact that thousands of people used it. <laughs> yeah, almost definitely like awful and germ covered. Oh, yeah, I'm not talking about that. But like, <laughs> I'm yeah, sure the functional, thing filthy, <laughs> totally functional. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a whole thing back in that era where like, I think for a certain amount of time, um, Xbox was requiring any game that came out on its platform to have a downloadable demo. Really? And demos okay. are 
demos are difficult to put together because you need it to be a completed vertical slice. And you can't always just dump someone into the first level of the game because that's not how games are made. Yeah. So you like a lot of times developers in that era would put together a vertical slice of the game for the demo that would be a sort of separate but like looped in develop it was like a parallel development track to the actual game coming out sure so and don't like don't quote me on most of this because i am working off of like an article that i read f- some five ten years ago that i don't remember that well but as i recall um the demo to sonic 06 was actually had like smoother camera work <laughs> And and made the game feel like more controllable and was like because the whole thing with Sonic 06 is like it's super loose, right? Yeah. Like the controls are just kind of like all over the place and it's stuff doesn't make sense and you can't like really control where you're going. And like it's it's all weird. Um, The I remember the 06 demo having um, like really fluid camera controls it was like a little bit more pulled back but it was also just smoother and better at following your movement and it just made the whole game feel better so when it came out and it was a laughing stock i was like oh huh Hmm. that's i wonder what's going on yeah i thought it was fine and then i actually saw it and i was like no i would have known if it was this bad (laughs) like i would have noticed this yeah you weren't six (laughs) yeah you you would have felt it right away. Yeah, I would have been like 20 years old when that came out. Like I had I didn't have great taste, but like I knew what was bad. <laughs> you were you were. Yeah, maybe it was. Yeah, I guess that sounds about right. 20 ish. Wow. It's well, really I mean, it's Sonic 06. So, yeah, no, I, I just was, I, I've I wasn't got the I've got it. the year worked out. Yeah, it's. <laughs> <laughs> now i have watched a bunch of uh i've watched a bunch of sonic games and i think they all look like trash all the 3d sonic games yeah um i think that adventure is oh shit i played uh i played adventure 2 battle on the gamecube yep. yeah yep. yep i yep. did actually play that um that i mostly liked um, I, so I, I, I played adventure, but my opinion of it is it's impossible to to make sense of it because I was in maybe eighth grade. I won the Dreamcast for selling candles. Right. And it came with Sonic. And so I was super excited to play it because like I, I won it from doing stuff and then it's a new console and yeah, everything. So I thought it was pretty cool. But I also remember being frustrated with it while playing, which is sort of a weird memory to have in the middle of all of that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So no, I it's know. it's kind of the same feeling of like it's it's sort of the same feeling that I had with the N64 because my first experience with the N64 was um, renting it from a blockbuster. OK, yeah, because like console rental used to be a thing. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Um. And we rented it and we got Mario 64 and Shadows of the Empire. Uh, okay, sure. Shadows of the Empire is not a great game, but I will always remember it 
because it was like that first game on the new console. Yeah. And that and Mario 64, which we've discussed to death on this channel. It's great. Yeah, it's it's a uh... <laughs> it's funny because I was like, I could play Mario 64 again, <laughs> even though I definitely was like, yeah, I'm good. I don't need to play it for a long time. Are you uh, have you picked it back up on the? Uh... No, but I thought about it the other day when I was I was I had a little bit of downtime and I had my switch and I was like, I just want to play something mindless. And I was like, oh, man, I could play Mario 64. I was like, no, you're not playing Mario 64 again. <laughs> Potential spoilers for a future uh, for a future podcast. By the way, hey, welcome to the Retro Breakdown. Uh, oh, yeah. Week number two. We didn't play a game this week, but we've got one planned for next week. So it's just 100%. casual chat again. Yeah. Um, Definitely but, have one next week. But for the uh, future week after that, kind of want to play Pilot Wing 64. Yeah, I want to play that too for sure. I, I don't know I how was... long it's going to take. I don't know how long it is, but I know that I played like a bunch of original uh, SNES Pilot Wings, and also I don't know why Pilot Wings is not on SNES online service. Yeah, so that's what we said last week. <laughs> like, um, why not? But sixty four is there, and I like I saw. We talked about the uh, the ad they did for it, right? Yes, I think we talked about that last week. Um, yeah, I saw stuff in that ad that I've never seen before. Yeah, the robot is what did it for me. Yeah, I was like, I didn't know this was like this. So I do want to play that. I feel like I'm rehashing stuff we talked about last week, but I'm I'm thinking about starting that in the next couple of days. Yeah, maybe. I think that's I think that would be a fun, a fun one to do. I don't know how long it's going to take, so it's not going to be like next week or possibly even the week after that because we're not we're not doing game a week anymore we're giving ourselves time to just really enjoy a game and not feel pressured by it so we're gonna i'm gonna play it i'm probably gonna stream it um nice i'm gonna i'm gonna just take my time and enjoy it and it's gonna be fun i feel like i i because it's it's out now right like it's it's yeah it came out on the 13th yeah okay i think the 12th something like that this last week yeah yeah that's that's one uh that that i have i was when when i was thinking about what i wanted to play i was like oh i can play pilot wings because i remembered the video but then the the game had not released yet yeah i was like oh wait i can't play that shoot and yeah so, i actually went looking for it like last week too <laughs> and i was like ah not yet um but yeah so i think it, I, I guess oh sorry Oh, I I was just going to loop us back and say, like, I don't know what's the best 3D Sonic game. I just know they're all trash. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that sums up. I, I honestly, of the ones that I actually have hands on experience with, I thought I thought Adventure 2 was OK. I, I think Adventure it, 2, I never played it. I think Adventure 1 looks a lot more like 06 than anyone wants to admit. Probably. I I, I don't know. I have not played Adventures since whenever it first came out so like 1999 or 2000 or whatever like it i haven't played it so i can't say but it looks like it hasn't aged well i'm not sure if it uh was well when it first came out let alone aging yeah i mean well it was received well sure if nothing else but again I, uh, everyone was probably blinded by it like i was in a way like, yeah New I'm console, sure. cool thing. Uh-huh. Big 3D Sonic adventure. Yeah, exactly. And we get to go Super Literally. Sonic. That was that part was cool. Yeah. Also, they introduced <laughs> Shadow. So was that in 
That was an adventure, right? Yeah, but I think t- Adventure 2. I think that's when we got anti-hero cool guy Shadow. I don't think Shadow's not in one or the first the first one had Big the Cat. Oh and yeah. Do fishing and stuff. Yeah, they yeah, it was just Sonic Tails and Knuckles and Big. And Amy? <laughs> and Amy, yeah. Yeah. I'm pr- pretty sure she was there. I guess we They've could all got Sonic great music except I mean All right, some of the music's good. <laughs> we can't help we can't help but rag on Sonic. I'm doing my best, okay? <laughs> I feel like I feel like we have to play Sonic Adventure someday. <laughs> like, yeah, we probably should, honestly. We probably I mean, should do that. Cause I, I, I would like I would like to go back and see how bad it is. <laughs> I feel like a like a first a I wouldn't necessarily be a blind playthrough because I've seen let's plays of it like start to finish, but a an actual full playthrough, like a, a first time playthrough of Sonic Adventure at this point by someone my age <laughs> is can't be that common. I doubt it. I It may not also be like desirable, <laughs> but I don't think it's common. I imagine you'll get people in your chat like, this is the best game ever. I'm so glad you're playing it. And I'll be like, cool, I'm glad you like it. <laughs> be very diplomatic about it. <laughs> I don't, I feel like there is nobody that will join the channel that wants to hate watch it or something like that. Yeah. Well, there. Mm. Do you think there's people that follow 3D Sonic games just to watch first time players? I think there probably is. <laughs> I think there's more of them than you think there are. Yeah, you're probably right. Because just ready to jump on, just wants to dunk on some 3D Sonic. Like, Sonic fandom <laughs> is weird because there are people in Sonic fandom who just think everything is great no matter what. And then there's people who like it but love to trash it like everyone else does. <laughs> sure, I can see that, yeah. yeah. And I, then I, there's the people who actively just want to make it worse. <laughs> They're really rooting for Sonic Frontiers then. Yeah, I, I think that I think Sonic Frontiers, we all know from every from every bit of feedback we've gotten is the real best 3D Sonic game. Probably. I mean, I, I don't know. I got to pre-order it. Oh, man. Speaking of pre-order, did you hear about the uh, the Bayonetta voice actress? I did hear about this just today, and I'm mad. Yeah. I like, feel, I'm, I'm sad about it because, like, I, I want to be able to enjoy this game. But, like, damn, that sucks. Yeah. I... For for context, um, the Helena Taylor, who was the voice actress for Bayonetta um, in the first two games and I think all of her other appearances like smash and everything. I believe so. Um, is not returning for Bayonetta three. And we didn't know why she's being replaced by Jennifer Hale, who was most notable, I think for playing a uh, female shepherd in mass effect. Yeah. I, I feel like she did something in dragon ball, but I could she has done it. a zillion things. She's a huge voice actress. Yeah. Um, 
But the thing is, uh, they wanted to they wanted to pay her like four thousand dollars USD for the entirety of all of her recording for Bayonetta three. <laughs> And I don't know what a voice actor's going rate is, and I don't know how long it takes to record all of the lines for a video game, but that seems low. Yeah, it seems real low, especially it's not like a new game. Yeah, well, it's also not a profitable game. Sure. I mean, it's not mega profitable, but it's still profitable. Like, otherwise they wouldn't have made a third one. Like it, the, the Bayonetta series has made enough money to warrant bothering making a third game. Otherwise, that's they true. Stopped. I mean, Platinum doesn't make enough money off of them to finance them themselves. Yeah, it's generally thought that Nintendo is more or less just uh, financing them so that they have it's it's like a um, it's like a pet project or a vanity project, I think is what they call it. Sure. Where it's like they know it will they know it will be rated well, and it's different from anything else they have on the platform. So they're willing to take a loss on it just so that just so that they have another good game that they can tout as being on their platform. Man, I'm calling BS that they don't make a profit, even if it's just a low profit. No company is going to bother spending uh, $50 million on something just to, so they can have a headline. Like Nintendo, I mean. Well, I yeah. That's 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 a hard one for me to 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 get behind, but maybe I don't know. You know, Bayonetta two didn't sell very well initially. True, yeah. But it was Wii U exclusive. Yeah, I mean that's uh so that's not a great uh starting point. <laughs> yeah, because the the Wii U version of Bayonetta two, which was packaged with Bayonetta one, so it was actually yeah. like a two for one purchase sold like 300,000 copies yeah on the Wii U which is dangerously close to non-break even money especially for a big game that has marketing behind it true but they have released it on the Switch and I don't know how many they've sold on that digitally over a million their... yeah exactly right like it's so that's that's in the profit zone for sure yeah well, and, and I'm sure Nintendo looks at stuff that was on the Wii U as a question mark in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because every single thing that they've ported to the Switch has done extremely well just because of the number of Switches in the world. Yeah. I mean, heck, Mario Kart 8 is still their... I, well, I don't know if it's still, but I believe it's like the best-selling Switch game, pretty much. Yeah, apparently... Apparently, Bayonetta 2 completely bombed in Japan. Oh, interesting. I um, wonder why. It doesn't really say why. It's just they've got like Famitsu sales figures for um for Bayonetta 2 in like its first I think in like its for its first week. Yeah. And it sold like 9,000 copies. <laughs> that's that's low. Yeah. Yeah, like platinum games don't sell well. They just don't. Like, I don't know what it needs. I don't know where they need to hit to reach the point of profitability. But like it, they don't they don't do numbers. They yeah. like never do. It's a curse. It's they have like the best reputation for games that are like nine out of ten that nobody buys. Sure. Yeah, that's true. I, I wouldn't 
I wouldn't be surprised if part of the delay of Bayonetta 3 was simply waiting to see how Bayonetta 1 and 2 sell again on Switch. Yeah, that could be it. I, it's, I imagine part of it also is just having to fit as much spectacle as you possibly can onto the lim- the hardware limitations of the Switch. Yeah. Because yeah, be, uh, like, be you know Platinum it. well enough to know that they want to do everything bigger and better. Yeah, of course. That's that's like their thing. Yeah. And the Switch is only going to let you do so much. <laughs> Although I say that and they released Babylon's Fall on the PS5, which looks like a PS2 game. And a bad Woof. one at that. Woof. Didn't, didn't they have a... I feel like they made a statement recently that said something like, that's not our fault. We don't like it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's dead now. They're shutting down service in like January. So I think it's lasting a total of like less than a full year. <laughs> oh, my God. They're they're closing the servers, didn't it? Wasn't it? I feel like it came out the 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 year the PS5 came out, right? Uh, did it come out two years know. ago or was it just was it more recent than that? I think it's fairly recent. Oh, wow. But it's just, it's bad. Yeah, Released February boring. 28th, 2022. Holy crap. It's shutting down like January 23rd or something like that. So it is it is not even making it to 11 months. Wow. It was that bad. I mean, for real? Like, this game was averaging like single digit players most days. <laughs> hey, you know... At least at least they get to hold a record of some kind. <laughs> but yeah, there's they they did a they did a big statement on it. They're like, we're very sorry about that. We're not happy about this either. And more or less imply that there were external production uh, requirements. Yeah, that's what I that's what I remember reading that that little blurb, something about that, that uh, that made things sort of not up to snuff. So that really sucks. I like I really, really like Platinum in general. Um, I like their games. I like the stuff that like I like the whole the whole like ethos behind that company of just wanting to do just big, dumb rule of cool spectacle on everything. Yeah, I love that. So like I hate seeing their projects fail and I really hate seeing that they're like mistreating and underpaying voice talent yeah, or that, any talent really that's yeah of any talent and i i just i don't know what an average voice actor is paid in this scenario but four thousand seems painfully low for the especially for the lead actor for the lead yes <laughs> like and, yeah, and, I don't know it, what the going rate is like. And I guess like, I, I don't know. I don't imagine you record all the lines for a video game in two days, because if you I, do, then like four thousand dollars in two days is pretty good. But I imagine it takes more like several weeks to months. Yeah, but I mean, so it's it sounds good. Like, wow, two grand a day. But it's not like she's working five days a week. Right. True. So it could be that could be her job you know because it takes a while to get all that stuff sorted out for maybe three months yeah and then it suddenly looks way worse the other weird thing is that i don't know how much they're paying jennifer hale to do the to do the role right, yeah. in her place and, and she's, but she's she can't game. come cheap either yeah, it's so like they lowballed her because they're like yeah 
because like the... she doesn't have the name recognition, I guess. Yeah. And then like, because that would be like that would be the scummiest. That really that would be the worst, honestly, is if they lowballed the person who's done it from the beginning and then it was low enough for her to reject the offer and walk. And then they just went and got like, you know, I, I think Jennifer Hale is a union voice actress. Yes. They would so have to pay whatever that means. So they just go and pay like a normal going rate for her because she has name recognition like yeah, that bad. would be the worst. That would feel bad. And it's it's this, you know, it goes back to this question that we that we answered a few weeks ago about like how bad does a how bad does a a developer or publisher need to screw up? Like what's what's the line where you don't buy their games or you just refuse to support them? Right. Like is this do you do you cancel your pre-order or do you stop or whatever? And it's like, I want to say that, you know, I'm always on the side of justice and I'll never and I'll never support anyone who mistreats their talent like this. But I really want to play Bayonetta 3. (laughs) I was you're like, well, you know, but it's it's Bayonetta 3. And it's what it's what we said before is like (laughs) it's it's all well and good to pretend you're holier than thou and and, you know, say you'll draw a hard line and you'll be consistent and have principles. But like. It really just depends on the the balance of like how much does this issue matter to you versus how much does this game how much does this entertainment this thing you want to consume matter to you well or or in my place right like because we had talked before how I'm probably I was planning on not buying it anyways so I could I could have be coming in here you know just spouting off I'm canceling it there's no way I'm buying it right when I wasn't going to buy it anyway exactly <laughs> which is more or less what I did with cyberpunk. Yeah. I was like, I decided like I decided a while ago that like, yeah, I didn't play any of the Witcher games. I burned out on Skyrim like I can't I don't like the I don't really care for the Fallout games anymore. I think that style of just like open world do stuff in the environment um, sort of like action RPG type of structure is just not hitting for me. So yeah. I'm probably just not going to play Cyberpunk. I know it's hyped. I'm sure it's going to be really good, but I don't think it's going to be for me. Yeah, sure. And then all the stuff came out and it was like, now I can feel good about that decision. Yeah. Now, now I don't have to be like, I don't have to be the weird one out. I can stand on a moral high ground. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I can feel like I've done the right thing, even though what I really did is just what was convenient. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what you were going to do anyways. Yeah. Zero changes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah the, the, it's it's it sucks because it sucks that you're in that position in a way or that we are as consumers sometimes where it's it's making that kind of choice yeah where... putting your like i think that what we've found in recent years is that like putting your you know putting your sort of money where your mouth is is uh is effective like when you when lots of people vote with their wallets on what they want companies to do by like going out of their way to support companies that kind of support their worldview, I guess. Sure. Or yeah. withhold money from companies that don't like I won't eat at Chick-fil-A. Of course. Right. Because yeah. like, why the hell does a fast food company have a, a political stance on gay marriage? Yeah, I think that's that's uh, makes sense. 
And also like, and that's not a huge sacrifice for me because I didn't really love their chicken in the first place. And I think it's good, but it's not as good as people make it out to be. Yeah, I mean, it's chicken sandwich that you can get in a drive through. Yeah, it's fine. It helps that like every other company has like basically done their chicken sandwich better than them now. <laughs> yeah. Like every other fat. Every other fast food company has like their version of the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich and they're all like uh, like at least on par. <laughs> and you didn't have to wait in a line that wrapped around a building twice. Yeah. Because the Chick-fil-A fans are fanatics. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a like, lot. Literally? It's a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, it's 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 that kind of thing. Anyway, I forgot where I was going with that, where I started talking about Chick-fil-A. It's just, just people you, you uh, people band like banding together. Yeah, to, it's it, there's an expectation now that we know that like choosing where your money goes and specifically choosing companies that are more responsible socially um, that works and they listen to that and it makes them do it more because we like it when they do that. Yeah, it kind of gives this pressure, this feeling that you should then be doing that with all of your purchases all the time. Sure. Like, because then you can do the most amount of good. You can support companies that are doing what you like and remove your, remove your your money from companies that are not doing what you like. Yeah. But at the same time, the other thing that we discussed that week was that, like, you're one person. <laughs> like, I'm not going to say, hey, listen, I went... I voted yesterday. I went and early voted. Early voting may be open in your state at this point. Go vote. Yeah, Midterms I, I, are important. I submitted my uh, absentee thing so I can I can do that. Yeah, we had to we had to vote early because um, we're going to be in another country on Election Day. Yeah, it makes sense. That's kind of exciting. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it just it makes you feel like because you know that that works. Because you know that like being choosy about where you spend your money does actually create positive change in the world that you should just be doing that all the time. The problem with that is that's impossible. Not yeah, only you don't be want to know, not the only because there are some things that you just need and nobody in that space is ethical. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, video games is one of those things. Everybody's got some dirty laundry. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of like how visible it is at any given time. And the other thing is every company that your corporations are not your friends and every company that you think you're supporting because they're doing a good thing is probably covering up five or six bad things behind that. <laughs> and God, you just don't know about it. I wonder what Patagonia is up to then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think some of them are genuinely good, but... <laughs> You know, given the given the way they're setting, given the way Patagonia is setting up their uh, their whole um, environmental fund, like I'm sure someone in there is thinking about how they can skim some of those payments for themselves. Yeah, I'm sure somebody is. Someone in there is like, I'm just, I'm okay. So I am going to open an environmental nonprofit that Patagonia can then donate some of their proceeds to. And I will just give myself a $500,000 a year salary. <laughs> huh? Right. Seems fine. Like someone is scheming. 
in there. It may not be Patagonia's fault. And a lot of times that's the thing is like sometimes they'll have the best of intentions, but it takes like a couple of corrupt people to be like, oh, man, that e that money would be easy to just take for ourselves. We should just yeah. do that. <laughs> just take a little off the top. It's no big deal. Yeah, just, just a little bit. <laughs> hey, you know, so we, we ended up playing the um, a couple of the other cyberpunk endings uh, oh yeah, because uh, so I had a save that let me kind of just hop in and play the game for you know an hour, so then sure. we could see a different ending. Mm -hmm. And I gotta say, some of the other endings were pretty good. Yeah, in fact, a couple of them were good enough where I was like, "Wow, my opinion has changed a bit about this character," or I really wish they had explored that more with this person because their story sucked in the real game, but the yeah. ending made it cool. Yeah, yeah. And I was I'm curious about it. So that's. It, it was it was really weird because I was going into it ready to just, you know, roll my eyes like, oh, my God, how did they do this? And I was like, oh, no, that was that's that's kind of cool. Why did they write this character so poorly for the last 30 hours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, sort of related. Yeah. Um, I finished the Lost Judgment DLC last week. Ah, hey, how was it? It's quite good. It's very good. Uh, Kaito's got like two completely unique. Well, mostly unique fighting styles sure it really kind of feels like you have like variations of kiryu's brawler and tank style or brawler and um beast styles from zero oh, okay okay yeah yeah that's kind of what it, they're, they're a little different the combos are different he's got different stuff but like the tank style literally has the thing where it's like attack near a attack near like an object and you'll automatically pick up the object and swing it around. <laughs> okay, yeah. And some of the heat moves are the same. God, I love that. But I, some I, I, of I, I them can... aren't. Kaito does like a ton of wrestling moves and it's awesome. Really? Yeah, like straight up wrestling moves. <laughs> like there is one where he uh there's one that's like it's a counter it's a counter move. So okay. when you take damage, there's like a there's like a five frame window or something in there where you can you can hit triangle and counterattack. And he like the cutscene is him like like taking the punch and like standing his ground. And then he turns his head back like, yeah, you didn't get me. And then he delivers this huge this huge gut punch that just knocks the wind out of him. And then he just whips him up onto his shoulders <laughs> and just does the I don't know what the name of the move is, but it's like the it's like the Kanikuman uh, drop where he like stacks their shoulders. They're upside down and they're like upside like oh, his, yeah. their shoulders are on his shoulders. And then he just like sits down. <laughs> yes. And then like and then drops him back. <laughs> just oh, like a completely so impractical wrestling move. Yeah, but that's that. I mean, let's be real. That's the best kind of wrestling. Oh, yeah, game. totally. OK, OK. <laughs> yeah, 100 percent. Like, I mean that in the best way possible. Yes, because that is the only kind of wrestling move I would like. <laughs> yeah, dude's doing he's doing backdrops. He's doing like RKO's to people. <laughs> I think he hit someone with a DDT at some point. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it's it's nuts. He's very fun. Story wise, um, it's very well written, as you'd expect. Sure. Um, does a ton to I, I know you might play it at some point. It's it may okay, be a long okay. time from now, so I'm going to stay spoiler light. Yeah, don't worry but, about it. Um, 
It does a really good job of fleshing out Kaito's character because he's kind of used as the the big dumb muscle man comic relief character. Yeah. For like a good portion of both Judgment games. And he's also um, he's also kind of um, what am I trying to say? Uh, depicted as a like a womanizer. Oh, really? Yeah. Like he kind of hits on everybody. OK. Right. And so this is all about like him finding Ooh, his is. ex-girlfriend, his last like big, his last like big love. They were going to get married and oh, wow, then some okay. stuff happened and it's all backstory stuff. It's, it's like 15 years ago. Right. And the yeah. crux of it is like, yeah, she left because she wanted me to leave the Yakuza and go straight. And I wouldn't do it. I had to go. You know, I was talking about it. We were considering it. But then, like, there was an assassination attempt on the patriarch. So we had to raid the people who did it. And it was a big, dangerous thing. And girl was basically like, I love you, but I can't deal with not knowing if you're coming home every day. So she just left. Fair. And that was like the last that was like, like the last time we saw each other. Yeah. Um, And so, like. She goes and gets married to someone else, and the opening of the story is basically her current husband comes in and is like, I want you to find my wife. I know you have a you have a, a connection with her. Oh, wow. Um, also, two years ago, she left a suicide note and her and her body, which was maimed, but matched a DNA test. So we couldn't visually identify the body, but the DNA test matched. So it looks like she may have, like, jumped off a waterfall. But also people are saying that they've seen her walking around Camarocho. So maybe she's alive and I want you to just confirm one way or another. Yeah, that seems too easy for a, a RGGG Studios storyline. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it takes some twists. <laughs> and I would say, like, all of the twists that happened in the story are like, yeah, I pretty much saw that coming. <laughs> okay. So, like where you end up will be pretty predictable. Um, the route you take is interesting, well-written, fun. Um, shout outs to RGG writing another kid character who's not annoying, <laughs> which is a feat in itself. <laughs> that is That does tend to be the writing style for kids for some reason. Yeah, they have to be annoying. But like Haruka's great and there's a kid in this story and he's actually pretty OK. He's pretty OK. He's not like here's the thing. Like he acts like a shonen manga protagonist. OK, I'm OK with this. But in the world of Yakuza, through the lens of Kaito, that is like naive and idealistic and impractical. Sure. And the game treats him that way. <laughs> so it's actually kind of interesting because you see this, you see this really like outgoing, let's just go, you know, let's just go take care of it mindset. And Kaito has to be the voice of reason who's like, listen, kid, that's not how this is. You don't understand. You do not understand what you're messing with. You don't just walk in and beat up the Yakuza. Well, when you're a 14 that. year old kid. Kiryu, Kiryu could have done it. 
Kiryu does it all the time, but that's why he's an impossible superhero. Oh, oh right. I forgot. <laughs> I guess kind of mixed messages in that sense. <laughs> Kaito's love- like, I can do it, but you can't. You stay <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. He's just watching this dude pick someone up, place him on their shoulders, and then just body slam them. Do as I say, <laughs> not as I do. <laughs> Unless it's plot convenient. <laughs> I will say feel free. there were a couple of twists in there that I did not see coming. One of them is like I correctly identified who the bad guy was within like the first two hours of the game if not the first hour of the game yeah it's like they walked into a room and i was like that's the one that's yep and uh that's just partially from playing so many of these that i know how they i know how they're laid out yeah i mean it's like watching a soap opera um i did not predict how bad that person was going to be oh that's cool it's like I I knew they were the bad guy, but I didn't know they were that bad. Holy crap! <laughs> right. And I also did not correctly identify the actual final boss because that was actually really cool. Oh, I I like it. I can, I'm done with a twist final boss. Yeah, there's a there's a surprise final boss, and it's not the kind of surprise final boss that just like introduces himself and then is the final boss. Right. Because that's the worst. Where you have like you have this one person you're trying to beat the whole time. And then at the very end, it's like, ha ha, I was the real boss all along. And it's like, who even actually are you? (laughs) No, this this has a very a very different take on the actual like final final boss of the story. And it was it was quite fun. That's cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's I really enjoyed it. Was it worth thirty dollars? And it's, to you, probably. Yeah, it's a lot for like basically 10 hours of story with no side content. Yeah. I and mean, I think that the lack of side content really hurts it because like getting to do some fun stuff, some fun, irreverent garbage with Kaito would have been really would have been really fun. And yeah. that is one of the things I enjoy the most about RGG games in general. But yeah, we talked about that a lot. Yeah. So, like, not having that kind of hurt, but at the same time, it was kind of refreshing to just be able to generally just blaze through the story. Yeah, that's true. You don't have to worry that you're missing something. Yeah. You can just, like, play the game uh, without, you know, trying to do everything or explore or whatever. Yeah, and I actually did get basically everything. And, um, like, I unlocked all the moves. There was a secret boss that I fought that was actually very, very fun. Um, Really? Yeah, you know how a lot of the Amon fights are just like like garbage spam and iframes? Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're terrible. This one was actually a real fight. It oh, wasn't cool. as difficult as the Amon fights. Yeah, but a lot of times those are difficult but for, for, for the wrong, wrong reasons. reasons. Yeah. Yeah. And what they really expect you to do is just like spam some uh, invincibility stuff so that you can deal with it. Yeah, and, and chain drink your... <laughs> your energy drinks in your backpack yeah. all of the staminans ever <laughs> yeah no it's uh it was a le- it was a legitimately fun secret boss in fact most of the bosses in that game were actually really really fun that speaks a lot to how developed the combat is in that because yep. like when you play even yakuza zero 
the boss fights sort of suck. Yeah. Because it's not, they're not that exciting. You're pretty much just doing the same thing every single time. And then they yep. have like 10 life bars and you're like, yawn, whatever. Yeah. And then you finish it and you're okay with it. Like the best part of those games is usually the lead up to the boss fights or doing all the side stuff. So the fact that the boss fights are genuinely like a, a, a shining moment. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're fun. That's great. That's, mm-hmm. That says a lot to me about how good the judgment battle system is. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely very refined. And so with that, I am now ready for Ishin. Oh, which right. is yeah, out. that was your big that was your push to make sure you were a hundred percent set. Yeah. So I'm done with all of the main story content in all of the RGG games that are available, except for Dead Souls, because who cares? And now <laughs> and I now say who cares, to... but if they actually re-released it, I would play the hell out of it. Of course you would. It's just hard to get. Well, and it's I mean it's fun, but it's not. I, well, maybe it's awesome. I don't have a clue. It's I don't bad. really know. It's, yeah, it's yeah, generally that's... thought to be bad. That's what I've that's what I was have heard. But I wasn't sure. And, you know, you shouldn't you don't have to you don't always have to judge it right away. <laughs> I think that where it would probably end up is it would be one of those. It would land in that Yakuza three zone of like, well, it's still good because like I like these characters and I like this writing style and i you know i genuinely enjoy what's going on here but it's not nearly as much fun to play as the other games in this franchise sure i'm just going through it because i like the aesthetic and ryuji having a a barrett minigun arm is pretty cool (laughs) yeah because that is (laughs) right there is why you would play these that game (laughs) yeah it's the dumb it's the dumb spectacle (laughs) <laughs> and that stuff i am sh- i am certain would be fun but like i don't know if it would be worth playing through a bunch of zombie shooter jank to get there <laughs> probably not oh it's got killer themes though i don't know if you've ever I, I don't know if you've ever heard the the theme to uh no never yeah it's it's a real good theme i don't really i just know that it exists and that most people didn't care for it much that's about it yep well, I guess just, now I know what I'm using as the end theme of this podcast, since we don't oh, have a specific game soundtrack to go with. Good call. That's a yeah, that's awesome. What did you end up using last week? I don't remember, but give me a second and I'll find it. <laughs> we talked about using. I don't even remember what we jokingly said to use. We were talking about using something that came out on, like, the day of the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it was... It was something, like, relatively recognizable. But yeah, I got a really... memorable. <laughs> it's been a long week, man. It's been a long several hey, weeks. Hey, I, uh, I'm right there with you. <laughs> hence, hence why we didn't have a, a game to play this week. Oh, yeah, what was this? I'm listening to it now and I'm like, it's super recognizable. It's just, it's not a game that I played. Uh, Okay. I don't even remember what we talked about. (laughs) It's it's been a wild, it's been a wild fall (laughs) in general. It's just just... all the way around. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's weird for me not to have any memory of what we talked about. Hang on, I'm I'm right on I'm right on the edge. Like I'm I'm yeah. gonna find it. I'm gonna find it. 
you sort by you sort by date. Oh, the the actual podcast. No, the date the Jet Force Gemini. Oh yeah, we did talk about Jet Force. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, no, I, I definitely. Oh remember that. man, that was gonna make that was oh that was <sighs> difficult for me. <laughs> oh man. I'm glad we were able to clear that up. Oh, wow. Is this podcast enjoyable for anyone? I, <laughs> is this just I, me trying to remember things that happened last week, the podcast? Is that what this week is? Is this is this our worst podcast ever? <laughs> no, that's definitely the one where we played Kirby's Dream Course live. This, this might be a close second. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it is. I, it would okay. a distant okay. second at worst. Because okay. <laughs> literally like the frustration of just recording audio <laughs> that relates directly to video that people can't see. I don't know why I thought that would work. <laughs> yeah, but I was right on board with you. Like, yeah, that sounds great. It's like. It's like recording a Let's Play, but it's only face cam and no <laughs> game footage. <There's> no. <laughs> I just want to I just want to point out one thing. I feel like we're pretty much done with this now. Uh, I don't yeah. have anything else in particular. To say. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the Bayonetta thing, because that was actually the big news item that I was going to bring up for this week. Oh, cool. And then just plus, you know, what I've been playing, which is... um. Which was Lost Judgment. <laughs> and the podcast game for next week, which was so short that I also booted up Kong's Revenge, which was my last Kuso game. Your Kuso game? Yep. Dude. I made it to stage three, and then I gave up because I hate it. And my and my arm started hurting. <laughs> wait, wait, why? Why did your arm hurt? Okay, so I've I think I've talked about this before, but keyboard controls. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, I have like sense. I have I get like wrist and arm pain when I have to hold my when I have to like do keyboard controls for anything. There's there's something about the tension that I carry in my wrist when I need to like when I need to hit those keys. Yeah, that I just that. like it hurts. And I you like know? if I do it for too long, then I actually get like I don't know if it's carpal tunnel or what, but like. It just kind of seizes up and it makes it actually hard to work the next day. Is this an ignorant question, but um, can you get carpal tunnel like for, for you know, 30 minutes and then it goes away? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it works. I think I've always thought that carpal tunnel is like a chronic condition. Yeah, me too. Like, I thought it was like, oh, you have it now. <laughs> yeah, but I really don't. I don't know. It's at the very least, it is it is a tightness in my wrist and forearm that just makes it sore for like a day or two afterwards. God, I, I remember I was a long time ago, I was lifting weights and I lift I was using too much weight and my my forearm, like when I was done, it, it hurt so much to do anything that I, yep. I could not even hold a game controller and press buttons. Yeah, like it hurts so bad. And I have had that before. Definitely. Then, then that's when I was that's when I decided, oh, cool, I'm not doing this ever again. Yeah. <laughs> that's like honestly, every time I help someone move, it feels like that. 
I yeah, I just glad that my my reaction was I'm not going to figure out a reasonable amount. I'm just not going to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. No, absolutely. Just not worth it. <laughs> oh god. Anyway, Jesse came back from uh from Las Vegas this week. She went to oh. uh, another conference for work and went to all of these like tourism bureaus and and hospitality businesses. And boy, they have the best swag at this conference. Yeah, is this the one that got, you got? There was like a, a whole vacation involved. <laughs> well, yeah, we did get a two day vacation to Cancun. It's pretty cool swag. That's pretty. I like that's not even what I'm talking about. We also got like four days in Tucson. All right. <laughs> and the thing is, like, they're not even they, swag anymore. They build them as like vacations, right? But what they're actually trying to do is they're like, hey, bring a friend out to this vacation spot thing. And then they're like, and when you get there, we'll talk business. Yeah, of course, of course. Because their ultimate end is like, hey, you run an organization with thousands of members. You have a you run an annual conference that is a destination conference that's in a different place every year. Let us bid for your services. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. So that's what it is. Like, we want to get you out here so that you will consider us for your, yeah, the amount of money that we will spend on getting you and a friend and putting you up for a couple of days, which is basically nothing. Well, especially because they already have it set in set aside. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not like they're losing out on customers. Right. Because of it. They, they already say, OK, this number of things is or this number of people or rooms or whatever it is is set aside for this specific purpose. Exactly. It's a room that would probably be vacant otherwise. Yeah. So yeah. it's costing them almost nothing. They do pay for the airfare. Yeah, yeah, that, so it's actually expensive. like an all expense paid. Oh, I mean, that's pretty that's that's a big deal. Yeah. You know? So that's cool. Um, that's that's not even what I'm talking about, because she got one to Costa Rica last year and we didn't go. <laughs> right. Mostly because neither of us are a huge fan of tropical climates and also COVID. Ah, uh, yes. Which, you know, the last year. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, this year, obviously, we're going on a trip in like a few weeks, so we're. We've we've made our peace with that somewhat, (laughs) but that's not what that's not even what I'm talking about. She got a blanket that folds up into like a carry bag, like a picnic blanket. What? From like the Colorado or Denver Tourism Bureau. Okay. it's like it's like a big felt uh, picnic blanket. It's got like, it's got like almost a plastic tarp like material on one side. Sure. And like a nice soft felt on the other side. Yeah. And when it folds up, it looks like a it looks like a tiny little tote bag with a handle with a little flap that comes over it and it's like weird so gonna take that to korea and have a picnic on it in the park uh yeah because that's well we might it's gonna be november so it might be cold but that's fine you just tough it out (laughs) i mean i don't mind yeah you wouldn't that's true yeah but yeah it's like that's super cool she got so she got that and then she got a bunch of popcorn, what? but not like regular popcorn, like really cool flavored like popcorn popcorn from like from like local from like local companies. And she got one from Arizona that was like a caramel corn with like a mesquite barbecue flavor. Oh, that sounds good. It was really interesting. Oh, it's I think it's good, but it's it's also like. It's weird. It's like 
the the first 80% of the time that you're eating it, it tastes like just regular caramel corn. And then there is an aftertaste that kicks in at the at the during the last 20% where it starts to slowly shift from regular caramel corn to like this now tastes like barbecue Lay's potato chips. That's, that's kind of weird. It is weird. It's good, but it's bizarre. Yeah. I, I could see that being that could see that kind of throwing your taste buds through a loop. And then there's another one that's a lot easier. It's just like a, it's just a simple like Chicago mix. Sure, yeah, yeah. Which is like your cheese and caramel. Although they've called it Music City Mix because it's from like Metro Nashville. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> just name it whatever you want. Just call like it's what it's our we did it. <laughs> we I made you made this I made this. <laughs> but it turns the, out that. Oh, the real joy here is that the name of the company is Big Papa Corn. <laughs> I like it when you call me Big Papa Corn.